Hello, everyone out there. I'm Dana. And I'm not Megan. And this is Scary Stories to Tell Your Sisters with a Twist. Okay. Hey, you're not there. As you might have heard from the intro, I'm here with you today, but it's spring break and Megan is enjoying her time off. So we don't leave you stranded with no new episodes. So while Megan is away, I'm going to play. And so we decided that we would have a special guest host with me today. You might have heard me speak of and to them in the background or in my synopsis of the week when I talk about what I've been doing. But now, here we go. Why don't you introduce yourselves to the listeners? Oh, hello, everybody. I'm Abby. I like long walks on the beach, <laughs> pina coladas, and really funky candles. So, yeah, that's three important things that you need to know about me. And you like me. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Dana's also been in my life for a very long time. <laughs> A very long time in many different capacities. So fun note is when we started talking about this podcast, we actually got the idea from Abby. Yes, because they dragged their feet about it for a long ass time. Not only that, though, Abby is probably a bigger scaredy cat than I am. Probably. I like that. And we were always joking about how we should just record us telling her scary stories and see how she reacted sounds great for them and my nightmare so we did our thing but now we get a little twist and we get to have abby here i feel like i should be making you tea today maybe maybe yeah. i mean you know we can we can always pause <laughs> right but i am really excited this is something that I didn't think we'd be doing. Yeah. And it's making me really happy. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really excited to tell you my story, but I think I'm more excited this week to hear yours and to see how you present it. To well, me. that's good. That's good because I've got a story, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, trigger warning before I get into it. This story does deal with a lot of blood. A lot of blood is mentioned in this story. Were you prepared for that? Did you not no, just because I really didn't know a ton about this topic. I was doing another topic at first, and then I was going to do another topic, and then I realized that that topic isn't really real in any realm, shape, form. It exists solely in literature. What was it? It was the Headless Horseman. You could have done that. So then I said, was there anything that the Headless Horseman was based on? Ooh. And there it is. I'm so excited. So. See how today I bring you the topic of infamy in literature, in myth, and in a small fog covered town in New York State. This town, made famous by the writer Washington Irving, features beautiful views of the area, a number of souvenir shops, and a quaint family vibe. It's also known to be the location of the fictional Headless Horseman. While the American Headless Horseman is thankfully a work of fiction, there is hope for you fans of this glorious podcast. Ireland contains its own headless horseman in the form of the illustrious, the inimitable Delahan. Oh. The Delahan, which is a dark, fey creature, 
had its first mention in Irish folklore and Celtic culture through Celtic mythology. He was known to be a harbinger of death and <laughs> said to be the embodiment of Crom Dove, which I looked up the pronunciation of, so if it's wrong, don't come at me. Fertility god who demanded blood sacrifice in form of decapitation. Yikes. Yeah, he seems like a lovely guy, right? right? Why? I wonder, and I don't know why the head is with the... Listen, listen. <laughs> I think it's worth marking right here. I have some questions. They mainly surround the logic and reasoning behind a god of fertility demanding sacrifice of human heads and needing blood, right? Kind of logical. The origin behind Easter is a celebration of Ishtar, the Mesopotamian goddess of fertility, and that's represented by egg. Do you think Krum Dove slash the Dullahan ever considered a Cadbury cream egg, or is he just going for the nice juicy big one? Anyway, the Delahan's reign of terror ended when Christianity came to Ireland because there's no way good old St. Patrick, who drove all of the snakes, <laughs> pagans, out of the country, would allow a representative of Crom Dub to continue decapitating people and using blood sacrifice. If you're unlucky enough to see the Delahan careening for you on a quiet Irish country road, then you will be face to neck with death. It's meh. I love it. Apparently, the Dullahan roams around, calling out the names of those sentenced to death, carrying his head under his arm. Just like, like a little knapsack, you know. <laughs> like a bowling ball bag, ultimately. The face on his flesh is decayed, and according to reference, similar to moldy cheese or dough. So, would you rather be compared to old dough or old cheese? Old dough. I think but I same. think that I think that of myself often, so... <laughs> I just think, like, cheese just has, like, an inert, like, sliminess to it when it's it old. It does. Also, if it's moldy, like, it's partially blue or green and it's furry. Dough, dough, old dough is probably, can be furry, too, but it's softer. Well, yes. Cheese seems slimier. Yeah. I don't think I want to be slimy. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I think I'm similar to moldy cheese. Often, it's, like, my face after skipping too many nights of my skincare routine <laughs> or imbibing on gluten. So, you know. The Dullahan and his ride is referenced in the book Fairy and Folktales of the Irish Peasantry, as edited by W.B. Yeats. His, uh, his mention goes something like, An omen that sometimes accompanies the banshee is a coach of power. This is an immense black coach mounted with, or sometimes made, of coffins and oh. gravestone. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, death on wheels. <laughs> and drawn by a headless horseman. Oh, I'm so sorry. Not a headless horseman. Headless horses. Headless horses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we're just really completing the picture. No heads on anyone. Who are driven by none other than our monster of the hour, the Delahan. According to another one of my sources that mentions how the Delahan is more active in remote parts of the country, such as Silgo and Down. Silgo is near Northern Ireland, north of Galway. Okay. And County Down, on the other hand, is in Northern Ireland, clear across from Silgo, like east to west. So like uh, like finger points type yes. things. Yeah, wingspan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's approximately 176.82 kilometers, or for our American friends, 109.87 miles. Okay. So this couch of our, it gets around. I really hope he is on friends. So. Also, can I just say, I really love the... Description of death on wheels, not not like the Boston driver's death on wheels, mm. but more so like it reminds me of like Emily Dickinson. Death came. He comes up a little bit later. I'm so excited. Okay, you continue know, I on. Go a day without mentioning the queer god herself. 
Okay, now before you go on thinking that, De that the Delahan might just be lonely and in search of his own Persephone, if you will, let's share a few more details. In addition to his moldy cheese face, yeah. in, in his head that sits on his arm, he wears an enormous grin that split from ear to ear full of gross-ass peeing. It's his little peanuts, like cheese and, cheese and crackers. Mm -hmm. And the eyes dart about. He's his own charcuterie board. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> with raisins that just roll around the cutting board all the time. I think they're likely in search of his next victim. Oh, cool. Also, his head glows. Oh, mm -hmm. so you see him coming. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. It glows. Taylor Swift may have never seen someone lit from within blurring out her periphery. However, that's just because she has not been unlucky enough to see the Delahan. What's the glow, Abby? You might be asking yourself right now, as I did. And then I read more. It's dead stuff. It glows with phosphorescence of decaying matter. Wow, that is beautiful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, your boy the Delahand, he's never needed glasses. His sight is so impeccable that he can spy into the house of a dying person. And I wonder if he's ever seen me after I eat too much Taco Bell. <laughs> But now, and wish you were dead, and he's now, like, not yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not your time yet. Don't worry. Have a little more beans, though. Now, if you're steadfast and persevering with your attention to watch him pass through your window as far as, like, going to find his victim, you get a reward. Do you want to know what it is? Wait, so if, if he passes by, if he looks in and says, no, I'm not gonna, you're not going to die? Yeah. Like, he's going down the street to the Miller's house. Mm -hmm. You're saying, ooh, where's that boy going? You're looking out the window. You're watching him go. If I see him pass by, yeah. does he see me? No. If he doesn't see me, but I spot him. He calls out death. If you're not dying, he's not focused on you. Oh, that's great. I'm glad. But if I see him, what do I get? Uh, you want to know what you get? Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you. Very excited. It's a bucket of blood. I I would like a refund. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Don't worry. If you don't like blood, there's a second option. Oh, maybe I'll keep the blood. But I feel like it's worth telling you this bucket of blood does get thrown in your face. I was like, I mean, I was like, maybe I could use it for something. No, no you use it to bathe. What could I use it for? That would be a proper even like, oh, no. You did say you're interested in the second option. I said I took it back, I think. Too bad. And too bad. You could be blinded in one eye. Yeah. But how? Oh, you're gonna it, find out. I was like, is it instant that buzz? Fine. Before I did more research, I said that it's unclear to me how these things happen, but I hope it never becomes clearer. And then it became clear. It did. The Delahan, full of charm, has some tricks up his sleeves. He has a whip, which, if you like that, then good for you. We don't kink shame around here. However, this one is made of certain material that you'll never guess. Like cat o' nine tails, don't they? Oh, it's very easy. It's made of a spine. A human's. I don't know how he gets that flexibility in that, but you lots, know. Of, lots of maybe maybe more than one spine. It's like the Home Depot skeleton mm -hmm. just rattling around <laughs> in my trunk. So we hear all of this about the Dalahan. It's pretty bad. You're kind of doomed if you're called out, but you're not. Yay! There is hope for those who see him and hear him call their name. Unlike Scrooge McDuck, the Dalahan is terrified of gold. Okay. Yeah. I have a story here of someone who had a run-in with this evil fae. Apparently, a man in Galway tells a tale that he was on the way home when suddenly he heard the sound of horse hooves hitting the road behind him. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, this man said, I'm fucked. <laughs> Filled with dread, he turned around to see the Delahan standing behind him, which is something I never want to face. No. 
Of course, since nothing can outrun this absolute monster, the man knew that he was well and truly until, of course, obviously, he pulled out the gold coin and dropped it on the ground. When it hit the road, a loud roar rang through the air. And when he looked again, as his eyes were probably closed in terror, and I don't necessarily want to greet death with two eyes open, the Delahan was gone. Bang, bang, bang! Yeah. Someone else named W.J. Fitzpatrick, a storyteller in the lovely county down, I'm assuming it's lovely, Ireland seems amazing, says that he's seen the Delahan as well. He says, I have seen the Delahan myself stopping on the brow of the hill between Bryansford and Money Scalp late one evening. It was completely headless, but held up its own head in its hand, and I heard it call out a name. I put my hand across my ears in case the name was my own, so I couldn't hear what it said. When I looked again, it was gone. Shortly afterwards, there was a bad car accident on that very hill, and the young man was killed, so it had been his name that the Delahan was calling. I feel very sorry for this young man who was killed, but I'm very happy for our friend W.J. Fitzpatrick. Good job, Fitzy. Now, there is some speculation that as the Celts colonized America, a lot of the folklore and mythology came with them. That makes sense. Some have said that Emily Dickinson references the Delahan in her poem, Because I Could Not Stop for Death. I was thinking of reincarnated by the hit queer TV show Dickinson. In the poem, she references death arriving in a carriage, Though that is where the similarities stop. <laughs> Dickinson gets in willingly, awaiting immortality. I feel like if this were truly the Delahan she was meeting, she'd take her time greeting his moldy cheese face. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe, maybe Dickinson was just a weirdo like the rest of us. So, from this story today, we've learned a couple of things. Don't mess with the Irish, as their mythological creatures are pretty fucking scary. They are. St. Patrick was a dick. And always, always, always carry gold on you. Might just help you evade certain death. I loved it. And I love that we were talking the other day about how you were talking about like sociology, geography-wise, how certain cultures and group of people like come over yeah. to the places. And like Emily Dickinson was from Massachusetts. And we, we line up, we're New England. So like the you know, United Kingdom yep. is... Right online there. You I see. mean, Boston is primarily Irish. Yeah. You know? So we have that aspect. So we can yeah. feel like a lot of like the mythology came forth from there. Yeah. Good job, babe. Good job. Thank you very much. Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen and ladies, let us go on to my. I'm so excited. You should be. I'm so excited. You should. Okay. So here's the thing. The moment I decided that we were going to have you on the show. I knew that I had to bring out the big scares. Yeah. I, I want to make it worth your while, but also make it so that it's something that you can be familiar with. So you weren't completely, you know, off-footing. Because I feel like I love you. I don't want to just drop you off into the creepy things and then let you walk alone at night and th think of them on the roof. You walk alone at night. I think we're taking the dog out together after we record this podcast. Absolutely. We have a rule. The rule is that you can't walk the dog alone at night. It's too scary. It's too weird. Okay, that is a rule that I put in place, yes. I think we both put it in place, but she definitely makes it stick. So, I went looking into the Blue Ridge Mountains. Cool. The place you called home for a long time yes. before you moved up to the New England area. And I was perusing all around that area, and I drifted a little bit towards the Appalachian wilderness. What did you do? And I found something that could whet your appetite 
and also maybe wet under your pits as you sweat a little bit about it. Wet my pants too. Right? Because I don't want to be too scary because I one day want you to let me and you go on a road trip. Oh my God, we're not going to West Virginia. There's a breeze. Because I want one day to go on a road trip through the area to see all the beauty firsthand with you. Look, it is beautiful and it is scary. Mm-hmm. But maybe after my research this week, I say we can do a day trip and be gone long before the sun goes down. Mm-hmm. For this week, I'm giving you a sampling of some of the creatures that are rumored to dwell in the woods and the caves of mm-hmm. Appalachia. That sounds interesting. Yeah, because, you know, I want, there's a couple. Obviously, I covered before the Mothman yes. is in that area. There's a couple more, and we in full full disclosure, my original one was I was going to be talking about the Moon Knight people, which is a group of people that were in like that lived in the caves, and there's a chair and for the Cherokees like got rid of them. But I was looking into it more so, and it was less like supernatural stuff and more like really historical balance stuff, talking basically more about how. Christopher Columbus obviously wasn't the first one to come over here, even though he always says he is colonizer aspect of it all. But it was a rumor that there was these people called the Moon-Eyed People. If you go to certain areas in West Virginia and the Appalachian Trail area, there are like national parks of these like rock formations and these rock statues and like things like that. And everyone's like, who did this? Like, no one knows. And the Cherokee people are like, we know. It was the Moon-Eyed People. Oh, my God. I've seen Oh. Yeah. And so basically, they were said to be people who were not Native American, not indigenous, but had pale skin and really big blue eyes that their, they said their eyes were so pale that they, the sun hurt them. So they only came out at night. Okay. And the caves only came out at night. And that's what they call the moon eye people. God. Um, but they were somehow weaker in the, in the full moon, stuff like that. But like, but like basically, it talks about how different aspects of that were probably more akin to like welsh people coming over and different things like integrating with things like that like there was like stories of this welsh nobleman who said i found this beautiful land way before columbus and he was like i want to go back and then he came back to what like to um wales and came back again and never came back and then like years later someone else was like i'm gonna go tried to preach to people over here and was caught and he was almost killed until a guy came up to him and was like, you're not going to die today. And it was like a paler version of like, he said a paler of than the natives, the indigenous people, and he had blue eyes. And he's like, you're speaking perfect Welsh. So it's like, hmm. so it's like, who maybe it was a group of people who came over and like, but lived in the caves to yeah. survive. Or maybe it was something else. Yeah. And if the Native Americans heard them speaking, they're like, wait, we haven't heard this before. Yeah. So it could have been a different thing. And and there's like sculptures and like artifacts regarding them. And it's a really interesting historical aspect thing, but nothing really like scary or supernatural. Yeah. But were they really driven away or do they still reside in those caves? See, that's the part that I don't like. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I don't like them being in caves. Everyone deserves indoor plumbing. Well, the thing is, too, we were talking about it, how old that area is and how deep and how they don't know the full network of caves. So we don't know the full network of caves. They don't, we still don't know. Yeah. Those mountain ranges, that area is older 
than, than most things. John Denver said it's older than the trees. He meant all of the trees in the entire world. The Appalachian Mountains, Appalachian Trail, started before trees started growing. So it's old. So if there are things or creatures or different species of humans that are there, who knows if they're still there. So I'm not talking the Moon Knight people, but I am talking about some cryptids that are in this area. First up, we have one known as the Grafton Monster. Okay. And this is a cryptid that was first spotted or reported in Taylor County, West Virginia in the 1960s. Okay. Um, in a place, well, it's called Grafton. Mm-hmm. Now, Grafton used to be a really booming mine town back in the day, but like most mining and like towns, it had its, had its bust. And it was also a stop for the B&O, the Baltimore okay. and Ohio Railroad, Monopoly. And nowadays, it's mainly like farms and villages type thing. But back in 1964, it's a different story because this is like post-war. A lot of their factories had shut down. They're trying to find that balance of getting traffic to get money back into the thing and which way they could do that. So by doing this, they kind of allowed for the sightings of the Grafton monster going to take off. That. Okay. Mm-hmm. And during that same same time period, that like post war like boom stuff, also that's when the Mothman came out. So a lot of like post war yeah, things like that. They kind of leaned into it. Mm-hmm. So what is a Grafton monster? You want to know, right? Yeah. What, is it, what does it look like? Well, let's get into it. On June sixteenth, nineteen sixty four, there's a gentleman by the name of Robert Cockrell, Cockrell, Proper. Cockrell who worked at the Grafton Sentinel, a newspaper that is now known as the Mountain Statesman, so it's still around. Robert had just called it a day's work and was leaving at 11 p.m. Sure, sure, sure. You know, an early night, an early early night off. He was driving home um, alongside the Tiger River, and he was coming on a curve, a turn in the road, and at that same time he he turned, his headlights hit something. And shown a, a, a shown upon it. What a terrible sentence. Mm-hmm. And it was something that he had never seen before. And he described it as a huge white obstruction. Oh, like me in the middle of the room. I was gonna make a joke that it was <laughs> like most of our government, but um, that's good too. He he needed to say that it had a slick white skin and looked as though it had no head. Oh, same thing, but different. Yeah, I know. I've seen a few reports that it was slick in comparison to like the skin of a seal, like that type of slickness. And that that people said like it was really big and like wide. So they said it did have a head, but it was kind of just like smushed down, like shoulders to ears type thing, a bulbous, strong, like stuff kind of way. Sure. Sure. And it was really tall and wide. Robert, like most of us, if we saw a slicked up Michelin man, mm. was terrified. Like he had stopped when he saw it at first. Yeah. Like, you know, you turn the corner, you see a creature, you're not, you're going to stop. And then when you take it in, you're like, oh, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. So hit it, I hit it. he went home and he was a little shaken up. But Robert is first and foremost reporter firsthand mm-hmm. and a scared human being second. Yeah. So he called up two of his friends. He called up. Did I not write their name down? 
Like two J's. John and Jacob, right? Oh, there it is. Jerry Morse and Jim Mooser. And he said, I think I saw something. Do you want to help a brother out? And they said, sure, why not? And so they went back to where he said he saw them. And none of them saw any signs of, like, the no creature. There's no creature there. Mm -hmm. But where Robert said he had seen the creature, the grass was trampled, like, really messed up. Okay. So there's evidence. There's evidence. Not only that, Abby, there was a low whistling that seemed to follow them around oh, no. while they were investigating That's the area. That's the worst kind of whistling. I know. Now, my question for you, Abby. How long are you hearing whistling while investigating before you nope right out of there? I would not be investigating in the first place. I would say, well, you know what? Only God knows what that is. What if Megan and I dragged you along and you didn't know we were investigating until we got there? And we said, and I said, Megan saw something here. We're coming back to look <laughs> at it. I just picture the two of you tricking me in with like a picnic basket and like a bottle of champagne and like setting up a lovely blanket and then being like, okay, all right, you stay here around the area for this demon. How long are you sitting if you hear the whistling? Two minutes at the most. And it would be the longest two minutes of my entire life. Now, my follow up question to you Do you whistle back? No. No, you never whistle back in the mountains. Did these idiots whistle back? They didn't. I don't think Because I feel like my knee-jerk reaction would be like, <laughs> right back like before I, my brain caught up. I feel like I love you so much, and I would never resort to violence for you because <laughs> you just don't do that to people you love. My hand would slap over your mouth so fast it would knock your teeth back. <laughs> you would swallow that. I feel like I would go, hoo-hoo. Where my brain caught up and then realized that I did not, in fact, know the source of the whistling. It's not you or Megan whistling to me. You understand. I would say, now you've called it and we're getting back. And then I would say, <laughs> I'd take my whistle back and say, sorry, not for you, wrong number. And then I would come and then run peeing <laughs> back to the car. I'd be like, you guys are going to have to sit with this. My shame in multiple ways on the way home. Megan would say, we've left the champagne. And I say, good, it will be an offering. (laughs) Anyways, these men did not share our flight or fight because it seems they didn't whistle back, nor did they run away. They're smart Virginia boys. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind, like I said, Robert was a reporter. So he knew that this, there was a way that it could get spun to like bite him, you know, like, like verifying stuff. So he didn't say anything at first. Until he heard other people speaking about it and about 20 or so sightings were talked about. Around the same time? Mm-hmm. Damn. She decided that he's going to speak up about it. And he wrote an article about it, much to the chagrin of the Sentinel. And they actually heavily edited the article when it was published. Like a really small thing. It was redacted. The man. So with all these sightings, a lot of search parties were formed. Like when I say a lot, a lot. A lot of young people with guns and weapons. Sure, sure. A combo that, you know. All great population stories start with shotgun. We don't want it. And they wanted a proof of the beast to catch it, kill it, to see what's going on. Some said it looked like a bigger version of a monster that was spotted in Michigan around the same time. Interesting. Great. So both places that I'm from. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Following my family. It is. Maybe it's one of you. Maybe it's one of you. Maybe it is. 
coming along. You left me in Michigan. And one kid, one interview said, you know what I think it could be? An escaped polar bear. Which makes me ask, why was it wet? Where was its head? How mm. big are polar bears? They're huge. And are there any in West Virginia circa 1964? Don't know. Got a lot of weird-ass zoos in the mountain. Mm. Uh, I drove by a zebra a couple of times. <laughs> However, polar bears are about nine feet. So they're big boys. And, but their heads are like... They're hot. Unless it's like crouching down, lumbering. Well, no. Children for the years if you're a polar bear. I kind of described it that way. Maybe it was crouched down. I didn't look at those answers, so maybe we don't know about that. But fun, fun side note: in Florida, there was a bull in one neighbor, like neighborhood house I saw, and a camel that oftentimes was seen down I four in a bus. We not just like walking down I four. Is, is that that place the the Israel place or something? Like no, that? no, than that. What's what's it called? Holy Land. I think it's yeah. gone now. Never went to it. For shame. But this, these search parties, these monster hunting things were coming so much of a nuisance that it was bumper to bumper traffic in the area. And with that, like so much traffic with all these people like hyped up on it with weapons. People were likely drinking and like getting all into it because it's like June. So it's like summertime. They were saying, please no. So the police and the newspaper are like, let's just try to dispel the rumors. (laughs) So, on June 19th, so only, like, a week and, like, only, like, eight days post-sighting, all this is, like, happened. And so the newspaper says, with an article that says, monster results of spring fever and wild imagination. I mean, low-key, that sounds like something they would spend it even nowadays. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you believe you saw this? Actually, you were just an idiot. Yeah. So, I feel like that's the episode is, a spring fl- fever fling. Which is great. But the article said, and I quote, a combination of spring fever, lack of area recreation facilities, and recent publicity given a Michigan town which claims to have a, quote, monster, which followed people are believed to have laid the basis for the wildly imaginative story about a Grafton monster. But a routine check by the Sentinel show that the quote-unquote monster <laughs> may have resulted from the fact that an individual pushing a handcart loaded high with boxes walked along Riverside Drive on Tuesday night. Sure. I mean, just ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What, why is it wet? The Honestly. individual? And why is the individual wet? I don't know. Uh, are the boxes all white? And also, how so tall can you stack boxes? To make it so you can still put it with it. I mean, if your goal is to stack boxes really tall, then you can probably do a lot of them. But if your goal is to just get home from the grocery store, a little tricky. A hand cart is like a shopping cart, I presume, right? That's what I'm assuming. And they're just they're stacking them. They're moving. Yeah. And this That's guy just... stopped. On a road. It's not like you're pushing it over in linoleum in the grocery I mean, the road came, and there's grass where it was. Yeah. And I don't know, did the boxes have a tarp over them? Is that was a shiny? So, and it went on to throw even more shade by saying, it's fairly certain that monsters don't go around pushing handcarts loaded with boxers. 
boxer, boxers. <laughs> Especially boxers. Um, and who are we going to judge what a monster does? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, maybe they maybe they have a monster heart. Another question I didn't look up the answer to because I thought maybe you'd know. How far away would you say West Virginia is from Michigan? From Michigan? Because mm-hmm. you drove through there to get yeah. from like Michigan to Virginia a lot. So West Virginia is decently big if you're driving through it. So the entire drive from Roanoke to Michigan mm-hmm. is 12 hours. I would say West Virginia to Michigan is maybe seven. Okay. Because I was wondering, like, how far is the news on this mysterious Michigan monster, like, spreading? And at what speed, even as a newspaper, like, nah, there's no monster here. It's just being silly because Michigan had a little sealskin menace. Not here. Yeah. Well, it's not like there's a direct connection. It's not like Michigan and West Virginia border each other. Okay. Yeah. You would expect to see reports as far as like Ohio, Indiana, depending on the route that you go, you know. When I saw it, I was like, this is hysterical that Michigan's brought up in this thing. In full honesty, I have no idea what the monster of Michigan looks like. But I, but based on them trying to throw all the shade of the Grafton monster on there, I have to think that they share some resemblance to each other, like the big white slimy shiny thing but the newspaper and the police trying to dismantle the rumors and lore did nothing but strengthen it and there's a couple more interactions that i found that i'm gonna read to you here just some quotes of people quote i have seen the creature called the grafton monster several times when i was young and it is very real my first encounter i was with my father cutting wood we had finished and we were loading the truck when our two dogs started barking much like ferris we stood there and listened. Something was walking, getting closer. Did you hear any squeaky wheels from a pushcart? <laughs> My dad told me to get the gun from the cab. He carried a double-barrel 10-gauge buckshot, buckshot, which, I mean, there you go. Shot. Whatever it was had picked up its pace and continued towards us. All we knew for sure was it was big and wasn't scared of us, the dogs, or the chainsaws. Chainsaws? They were cutting wood, remember? Yeah, but I Burp. pictured them with, like, an act. Well, I used to cut wood. Do you hear the Grafton monster, Bubba? It stopped about 50, 55 yards from us in the trees and went quiet. In the trees? Like, in the tree line, I think. It wasn't, it wasn't in the trees. Like, in the tree line, I think. <laughs> My dad pulled both hammers back and stood in front of me and told me to be ready. Hammers of the shop. I, when I first was reading this, I pictured him having two hammers in his hand, like, ready to, ready to throw them, God, ready to go. I, I have to be honest, the Michigan had me one out a little bit, too, and I did picture two regular hammers at first. Right. It's like, oh, wait, now Shogun has it. It says, he told him to be ready. The next thing that happened, I'll never forget. It stepped out, looked at us, took three strides in, the tr- in our direction turned and walked back into the tree line. That was my first sighting with the beast, and I'll never forget it. I don't like how many this person has had. And my second was about two months two months later at night. No. Fishing alone. No, 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 no. This is a quick one, though. He spotted him on the opposite bank, and he said, nope. He got the hell out of there. Yeah, I mean, that's smart, though. But yeah. That's what you do. That's another really short one. And I saw the monster near the river early in the morning. 
It saw me and instantly froze. It did not move. I was fishing at the time and left all my gear there and started to run away. As I ran and turned, I saw that it too turned away and started running off. As I got near my truck and began opening the door, I heard a whooshing sound and a bright light appear above the tree line. Oh. I drove off and I got my gear two days later. Yeah. I What? A bright light appeared above the tree line as though maybe it was a alien. So even on the researchers that even one of the researchers that worked on the Mothman had given his two cents about what he thought the grafton monster might be. He said it could have been a lab animal that was a test subject for the aliens to see if Earth was livable. And I don't know if the big guy was thriving based on how he was described. <laughs> or if he passed and him and his fellow animal friends and siblings are simply using the vast cave networks to keep away from the spring fever madness and prying eyes. I mean, I went into far, many, far too many caves in my lifetime to really be comfortable with any of these types of stories. I know. And some... <laughs> Some others suggest that he was just simply an interdimensional traveler. He was also here enjoying his spring break. He is Megan's heart twin. He is. He said, you know, he is gallivanting the light rail. Gallivanting away. And now, like I said, there are many, many more cryptids and lore of this area. Before today, I'm going to just do one more. I don't want the episode to be too short. I don't want to be too long. But don't you all worry because when Abby visits again, I'll bring us back to this area for part two. But for now, I will leave you with Sheep Squatch. No, I didn't mispronounce Sasquatch or Sasquatch as my mom says it. There is a cryptid known as Sheep Squatch. And I guess. Mm -hmm. Is it just a massive sheep? You wish. (laughs) Or it's also known as the white thing, which I feel is very fitting to be lumped together with the white obstruction. We have the white thing. Now, unlike the Grafton monster, which is just in Grafton, the sheep, the sheep squatch has been reported over many counties in West Virginia. Okay. It's described as a very large, woolly or furry, almost shaggy white hair in appearance. It's a creature that has been seen either on all fours or standing no. on all two. No. Okay. No. Yes. My legs. Mm-hmm. I don't like it when Ferris does that. <laughs> I know. It has, speaking of Ferris, it says it has a head like a dog with horns like a goat and sharp teeth and claws on hands that have been compared to that of a raccoon, but much larger. No, no. See, listen, listen, listen. Listen, Linda. I don't have anything to say. I just don't like it. And I'm soft. <laughs> Now, a lot of the early reports of the encounter said that it ran from people Good. When, it, when it saw them. I ran from it. But as time progressed, so did its aggression. Oh. And it is said to move quickly and aggressively, both towards animals and people alike, making a terrifying noise. What is this? What is that? No, I don't know. A roar. I'm just, I'm just going to fill in the blank. It's the worst thing possible then. <laughs> and a smell similar to sulfur. Oh, so a demon. <laughs> and like earlier mentions of the Mothman, the Sheep Squatch 
was known to be was rumored to be born in the TNT area, which people say could have attributed to the mutation of sorts, which is what the smell is. But a lot of people say that no, it's most likely something related to what skunks and weasels have with the musk. So we have skunk, sheep, raccoon, goat, dog, bear. I've known to this creature so far, like how it's combined things. I'm so draw this, and I'm not so, a good artist. Do you have a clear picture in your head? Yeah, I I, I don't. <laughs> so let's just dive into the sightings we have of this abomination. So obviously, picture a giant claymation sheep, right? I'll just show you some of the pictures that they showed of what it yes. like the drawings looked like. Let me see real quick. Is this sheep squatch? Those are the two things for sheep. No, Dana, do you understand what I would do if I saw this thing? Which one? Any of them. <laughs> no. I know, right? That looks like something from the Book of Revelation. <laughs> well, just trauma coming back. That is what the harlot is riding. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so we're in 1994. Wow, this episode's all about me. It's all about you. Now, this year there were two sightings, okay? The first was a former Navy seaman who witnessed the beast breaking through the forest line. He says he sees it, and when it came from the bush line and made its way over to the nearby creek, it was getting water. And he drank for a few minutes from the creek while the seaman watched it, probably in, like, freeze, before it crossed the creek and continued on towards a nearby road. He said he witnessed it for a while before it moved on to surrounding trees. So he noticed it here. It didn't notice him. Well, that's good. He's the only one that got away unscathed. Not unscathed, but like... Mostly unscathed. Mostly unscathed. In that same same year, there were two children in Boone County that were playing in their yard when they saw the creature. They said it was something that looked like a white bear standing on its hind legs. So polar bear again, right? It was over a little... Horns. With horns, over six feet tall. Once it realized the children were watching it, it was startled. Likewise, they were probably startled. Yeah. And it ran off through the forest, breaking off medium-sized limbs of trees on its path. God, honestly, before you filled that in with trees, <laughs> I imagined it just ripping human beings apart. Ripping off. I'm all shot. I, I was like, wow, she's really, she's really like trying to live the trees. The trees. The trees. The trees. Now. Now we're going to the next year, cool. 95, and the next sighting is a couple driving in the same county, Boone County, and on their drive, they saw a large white beast sitting in the ditch alongside the road, and like Megan would, and maybe me, I'm not sure, Pull over. they stopped the car to get a better look oh. at it, and they described it pretty much the same as everyone else and how it was described so far, except they're the only ones that say... It had four eyes. That's too many. Maybe, four. maybe three too many. But honestly, if it just had one, I think. <laughs> and I feel like there's a lot of animal life that can have multiple eyes, but not anything furry. Such as? Spiders, flies, oh, yeah, things no, like that. I did picture just furry things. Yeah. What kind of animals have you seen? And you're no like, furry hey, creature should have more than two eyes. Tell me it's possible for Ferris to spout another two. I don't know what. Can you imagine if he just had two eyes randomly open in the middle of the night as he's standing over you, looking down your sleeping form? I would shriek so loudly. I would wake up both of our neighbors on both sides of our apartment. And below. And in this case, 
the creature, their fight or flight, went straight to fight because it leapt out of the ditch and started running towards the car <laughs> and began attacking the car. Thankfully, the couple had not left the car and were able to drive off home only to notice large scratches on their car on the side of the beast that attacked. Wow. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that if it were me driving, you would have to physically hold my foot down because I would be shaking so bad. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, would I be able to like get yeah. the mindset to move or just like be screaming in the driver's seat? Like, yeah. If, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously I get it. Once again, we're in Boone County. This time we're in 1999. And there's a couple of campers that are in the forest at eight. And they have a bonfire and they're sitting there and they hear an animal that begins to snort and scuffle around the camp. Okay. And the way they described it was the sound, the actions were akin to an agitated bear. Okay, yeah. What a bear That's would do. And I mean, I was like, I was thinking, what is what does that sound like? But you're in the woods and, you know, you, you have to be kind of aware of what wildlife is. And it's still doing that. They're by the fire, but they're kind of on alert. But it's like, it's making the noise, but it's not coming anywhere near them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Until all of a sudden, the sheep squatch comes charging out of the woods and towards the campers who ran for the shelter of a nearby home or cabin. It's at their, ca their house and they're camping. So I, I'm assuming it's a cabin. And the monster continues to chase them. Sure. And some might need to note that this is a natural predator instinct, even if like, his first running out was to like it was like a yeah, fake yeah. charge to scare them away. Once once the prey like runs, it's a natural like, mm -hmm. like keep going. Drive yeah. Thing. So once they were safe, the white thing, sheep squatch, stopped at the edge of the forest when they had crossed it and let out a quote terrible scream. What kind of scream? Terrible. But like scream. I mean, I guess I've never really heard any other animals scream. Peacock scream, but I don't think it's really like the same thing. I guess animals do scream, but I don't know what like I mean. Bears roar, I guess, or growl. Listen, I know we've talked about our dog a lot through this episode, but he is our child. Can you imagine if Ferris just started screaming? No, Abby. Just like a, like a shriek. I would be on the floor, being like, "Are you okay?" But also, be afraid of him at the same yes. time. The next day, they didn't go back at night because they're smart children. Yeah. The next morning, they returned to the campsite, and they said on the trail home, and they found that it had been torn up. Wait, the trail? The campsite and the trail oh, yes, as well. Thank you. I'm sorry. I imagined the sheep squatch being torn up. And I said, oh, no. And then I said, what? <laughs> what? What can sheep What is the predator of the sheep squatch? Yes, 100%. And they referred to it as it was like someone had tilled up the ground in the camp mm -hmm. area for gardening. Like that's how like yeah, the, the gouges. Yes. So now we are jumping ahead to a little time closer to us. Okay. We're in 2005. No, see, that's recent. Okay. No. That means we could see it. And it's a little bit closer to you. It says it's in Folks Run, Virginia. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's what. Let me see. I don't really know where that is. Pause. It sounds little. It's probably very little. Let's be real. But still, closer to you, you know? Yeah. So is Virginia. We cross state borders. Um, it's in Rockingham County. It's What's north it? of Harrisonburg and south oh. of Burgerton, west of Broadway. 
It's near the border of West Virginia. Yeah, so it's more like northern Virginia than I was. Yeah. I was closer to North Carolina. Thank uh. God. You keep that shit up there. Anyway, there the beast was once again spotted in the forest. It was close to midnight. And there were six campers that were spending the night in the woods. And they spotted a creature they described as eight to nine feet tall. That is so big. With a shoulder length about four to five. So, mm-hmm. it. I wonder if it's like shoulder span. Yeah. So, was that's what I picture. Bit. Yeah. That's like, I don't know, maybe, maybe arm span, maybe? But then it's like two view. Yeah, I picture, but like the sh- not the wingspan, but like from like a chromium, like shoulder point to shoulder point. I don't know. Feet. That seems a bit much. Anyway, one of the campers saw it first. And he saw it on top of a hill nearby, crouching down. Yeah. Once it stood up, this camper said, Oh my God, yeah. pretty much, yeah. and alerted the other campers. And when he alerted them, he also alerted the creature to their location. Ooh, he done did fucked up. He done did fucked up. Hey, Aaron. The creature began to run down the steep hill towards the campers, but they said, We're safe because there's a river that's between us and its side. Yeah, I don't think you're safe because of that. You're not. You're right. Good job. Because it searched for a way to cross the river. And with no other option, it began to wade through the river towards oh, them. Oh, God. No. It finally came out of the river, and the campers reported that it appeared like a bipedal dog in the chest with its fur wet from the river crossing. Okay, so that's bad. Then a loud gut-based screech was heard. And it said it was heard as far as two miles off from where they were. Then the sheep, sheep squatch looked up in shock as the moonlight was in its face. And it looked in fear. Of the moon? And it left a prosthetic whimper and then in a sprint ran in the opposite direction. Because of the moon? So shit's just me. Wait. I'm sorry. I read that wrong. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh, so God. Is it worse? It is worse. No. So it comes out of the river, right? Yeah. And that noise that it made out, yeah. it wasn't a noise from it. It was a noise that came from somewhere else. What? Like a second sheep squatch? And that's a little of the moon, and it whimpered and ran away from the direction. No, it's a family of sheep squatches? It's what the predator is. It's what's a predator of the sheep sheep squatch? That other thing. Oh, that's worse than a family of a sheep squatch. (laughs) Oh. So the campers quickly packed up. Yeah. uh, And left. And then they reported it to the locals because they were afraid to tell the authorities. Get it. That they would be ridiculed. I and to this day, we do not know who the campers are. We do not know what Sheep Squatch ran from. I feel like it's also worth repeating. This didn't happen in 1972. It happened in 2000. 
2015. Hmm? Ready to go camping? The year Obama was in office. It's that familiar. What would it take for me to... What, 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 what would you need me to do to get you to go camping? To walk Ferris for the rest of his life. <laughs> Sweet boy, I love you, but also, I don't know why I love you. Is this camping in Massachusetts or no. camping in West Virginia? But, and there was six of them. I was looking at a big group together. Listen, I didn't even like driving through West Virginia when I had to drive through it. Okay. And now, now you know about Sheep Squatch. Now I know about Sheep Squatch. And... Now I don't know about Sheepswatch as a predator. The thing that made that noise, yeah. Oh, God almighty. So, Abby, how do you feel about being our first guest? Are you ready to come back again? I feel like this experience has been enriched. In the best way possible. If you can see her face, she is grimacing. I am grinning ear to ear, much like the Headless Horseman of Ireland. Mm -hmm, the Dullahan. There you go. I told your sister it was called the Culloden. <laughs> Try to like the collets. It sparkles. I did. I did get that vibe, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm gonna find out more about like vampirism." And then I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm dead wrong." <laughs> I got the D, and that's it. Yeah. So next week we'll be back with hopefully Megan. If not, dragging this this one's butt back here for another scary story. We'll see what I come up with. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Scary Sisters Pod. You can email us any questions, comments, suggestions. Any ideas for our April campfire stories or just to say hi at scarysisterspod at gmail.com. And until then, stay safe and stay spooky. Love Abby. You. Bye. Oh.